0: But I'm responding uh, uh, to your answer. I'm, I, 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 will, I would say this, that...
1: Excuse me, but I'm responding to your answer, and it's his turn to ask a question.
0: Uh, he, he, direct, he directed his second question to you, and so I was going to just respond to that. i just basically say that uh, the Bible teaches that a woman was created in God's image. Uh, atheism teaches that a woman evolved from primordial soup. she just molecules emotion, so I think Christianity is a higher view of woman than uh than uh atheism does
2: well dan um just yes or no you you do not believe in the supernatural whatsoever no i don't correct um my question is then, you claim to have once been with Jesus and preached and had experiences and all this cool stuff, right? Yeah. You want Him to prove to you that God exists to fill in these gaps that you've left open? True?
1: If if He wants to prove it to me, then that's what Why I'm asking Him. You see, I don't
2: believe, I don't believe, I don't really believe in, I don't believe you can be an atheist and be here, but my question is, Prove to me that you had those experiences.
1: Well, if I was not a Christian, the Bible says, by their fruits ye shall know them, right? And my life exhibited all the fruits of the Spirit, I had many, many Christians come up to me and testify that they felt the Spirit of God in my life as I preached. People became saved and born again. There were altar calls when I preached. There are people in the ministry today who partly credit me as one of the reasons why they're in the ministry today. If I was not a Christian, if I wasn't real and sincere, then no one is. Then Phil's not either. If I wasn't a true born-again Christian at that time, then nobody is, and you can't trust yourself either then. I'm, not,
2: I'm saying, I'm not arguing for any point of Christian, or not. I'm just saying, I'm not discrediting anyone or saying anyone is a Christian, who am I to say? I'm saying, you're saying you, people came up and attested to your transformations or you what you just said, you had yeah. experience. I'm saying prove the experiences. Prove to me the experiences you claim. Prove to me that these people came up and did this and that.
1: But I don't prove want it. to. I don't have to. I mean, that's not my agenda. It's no. the agenda of Christians to prove...
2: No, but then why know. are you here? What is your agenda?
1: to show that belief in God is irrational and and even dangerous. The world is better off without a belief in a God. My question is for Dan,
2: and uh, I just have two questions. Um, Number one is, you said uh, absolutely relative. What does that mean? If it's absolute, then it can't be relative, and if it's relative,
1: it can't be absolute. So. No, I didn't say that. I mean, I said it's it is yeah, relative know. to human beings, we could make... No,
2: I heard you it, say the word absolute relative.
1: Well, okay, but relative to human beings, there's, we can have universal value, right? Which we would call... We, we could use the word absolute, maybe. But of course, we all every, every action is situational. But that, the principle of avoiding unnecessary harm, we, we could call that a universal human principle. So relative to us, we could call that an absolute, but not relative to the cosmos. There is no such thing as a moral value in the cosmos. So I see your point, I mean, those exact words do sound a little contradictory, but by by explaining them, uh, you know, within a certain class of people, there can be universal opinions. And so within the class of human beings on this planet, there is a principle of the avoidance of unnecessary harm, which we can call relative to us a universal principle, but it's not cosmic.
0: See, the problem he's having there, okay? I can have universal moral values because I believe that those values come from the outside, from God, who is above all mankind. So whether Hitler agrees or not, those universal values are still universal. But how can you call you values, moral values universal when guys like Hitler and Attila the Hun don't agree with them? Then it's not universal. Because then it becomes senses. It becomes the majority. But again... Your view is not in the majority, so I wouldn't. I wouldn't go that route. I just would not go that route. But you can't invent universals. They're either there because they're above all mankind, whether Hitler likes it or not, or they're not.
1: But I'm using the word universal in the sense of a set, right? Uh, a set. A universal.
0: A set of all the non-crazies. But you still don't have a definition of sanity.
1: Yeah, you do. People who routinely commit unnecessary harm are something wrong with them. If you don't see that,
0: then you don't understand morality. I see that, but I have a basis for absolute morality. You don't. And my microphone is falling off. (laughs) I think the question's been addressed. Um, Secondly, uh, do you believe in love?
1: Well, yes, but love is not a thing. I believe in love, and love is not something with a capital L that exists out in the cosmos somewhere. Love is a label for all sorts of different things. You'd have to ex- define what he mean Wouldn't by... Do you
2: think that, that, that the word God could have the same kind of misunderstanding?
1: Well, then if God is just a synonym for love, then he's just a synonym for a natural thing. Uh, love is just a label for a concept. I didn't, I didn't say he. Okay, but love is just a label for a concept, which could be... Sexual love, family love, love for your country, uh, appreciation, ad- admiration, respect. I believe that those those real things in the real world exist, and the label that we put on them is called love. But love itself is not a thing; it doesn't exist anywhere.
0: Well, see, I think love does exist because uh, the loving God, from Him comes love, so that love is a real thing. It's not something you can pick up and bounce, because all real things aren't physical. Okay. Love is an, a, an abstract thing, but it, it's a real thing, okay? It's, it's a non-physical entity that is real, like spirit. Now, with him, what he's saying, uh, if I'm understanding correctly, love is some kind of squirt in the brain, okay? You just get this, you know, some kind of chemical reaction in, inside your brain, but that's very dangerous because then you can do the same with hate. So when Timothy, Timothy McVeigh, if he's right, Timothy McVeigh did what he did because certain events happened in his brain that were totally out of his control. If I am right, Timothy McVeigh stands condemned before an all-holy, all-just God. We have um, five minutes for um, Dan Barker to give
1: a closing statement and then five minutes for (laughs) Fernandez. Somebody asked tonight, why are we doing this? And, well, that's a good question. I mean, if God exists, shouldn't the question have been settled by now? Why are we still having these debates? If there's anything that's obvious, now be honest with yourself, if there's anything that's obvious, the existence of God is not obvious. It's not something that we obviously know is true, or else we atheists would know it. Imagine if scientists were to gather together every Sunday morning and hold hands and sing, yes, gravity is real. I know that gravity is real. I will have faith. I will be strong. I will resist the devil. I know in my heart that what goes up, 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 must come down, down, down. Amen. You know, I mean, wouldn't you think they were pretty insecure on the concept? I mean, and yet that's kind of what most believers most believers in their heart of hearts know, that there's something fishy about what they believe. And they know it's not obvious. They know it's not easy to show to anyone else. They know it's a faith thing. And yet if faith is valid, well then anything can be true. All the religions are true. Anytime you have to accept an assertion by faith, you're admitting that that assertion cannot be accepted on its own merits. You're admitting basically an agnosticism. Faith is a form of agnosticism. Because if you knew something's true, you don't need faith. Bertrand Russell went on to say, Phil quoted Bertrand Russell uh, from a speech that he gave called "A Free Man's Worship." Bertrand Russell did say, "Yes, the only true basis for morality is based on ultimate despair because the universe is going to cool off. It's never going to end." By the way, you're wrong to suggest that the second law of thermodynamics suggests an end. It only suggests an equilibrium. It could exist forever. But uh, Bertrand Russell went on to say that then you can build, you can build a Meaning and and morality and happiness on that foundation of despair. And it's a more meaningful one than a pie-in-the-sky morality. Bertrand Russell said, happiness is no less happy because it doesn't last forever. In fact, doesn't rarity increase value? Doesn't brevity increase value? If things last forever, well then, they're cheap. If life is eternal, then it's cheap. If we have an eternal life after this, then... So what? Then this life loses its value, It loses its, its preciousness, it loses the beauty of this brief existence that we have. Before I was born, there was an eternity of, exi- eternity of time when I didn't exist, didn't bother me one bit. Same will be true after I'm dead. We live now. This world needs our attention. If there is some kind of a God, well, let him take care of his own world. This is the world that needs our attention. This is the world that needs the improvement. This is the world where we need to put our energies. A lot of Christians are afraid that people will think for themselves. The Bible says that. The Bible says very clearly, bring every thought into captivity unto the obedience of Christ. Take no thought for the morrow. Lean not on your own understanding. The Bible is very anti-thinking. Submit like a slave. Paul was happy to call himself a slave of this master above him. But we atheists are afraid that people won't think for themselves. We think thinking for yourself is a beautiful gift. It's the pot of gold. Somebody asked for a support system. I don't know who you are. Uh, You could join the Freedom From Religion Foundation, uh, the group that I represent that works to keep state and church separate. We are atheists and agnostics. You can find us on the web at FFRF.org if you like. Or there are some local humanist free thought groups here in the Seattle area. Um, Since Phil didn't give us any evidence for his hypothesis, I'm still justified in not believing it. He didn't give us any evidence for the existence of moral absolutes. He just said that they exist, but he didn't give us an example. He didn't give us... Well, he mentioned rape, but even rape, according to some Christian theologies, uh, a a Christian husband to his wife might sometimes feel that he has the right to have unwanted sexual intercourse with her. Some Christians might disagree with rape even in that way. I think what this debate boils down to, basically, is your view of human nature. Christianity and most forms of theism are a put down to human nature. We are no good. We can't think. We need a master above us to tell us what it's all about. Uh, Jesus died for our sins because we're all deserving of hell. We are no good. We're little worms. All these hymns about worms. But atheists and humanists tend to think uh, positive and optimistic about human nature. We, Jesus, didn't Jesus say, He who is whole doesn't need a physician? Well, I don't need the physician. I feel whole I feel complete I'm not, I'm not omniscient and all powerful but I'm, I am happy with this life that I have found myself with and I feel capable in it I don't need a master I don't need a lord I'm not a sinner I don't feel bad I don't feel guilty about that and I think people who do are diminishing the beauty and the value of life Steven Weinberg said and I'll, I'll close with his quote Steven Weinberg the Nobel Prize winning physicist who brought together the electroweak force if you know that He spoke at our convention last November, and he said, religion is an insult to human dignity. With it or without it, you would have good people doing good things and evil people doing evil things. But for good people to do evil things, that takes religion.
0: Okay, first I'd like to apologize to those people who asked those good questions, but there's about 12 of them that were directed at me, and that would take up more than the five minutes that I have. Each one, and to be honest with you, each one deserves about a 20 minute answer. So I apologize that I'm not going to be able to answer those questions, so I don't think any of the questions that you asked uh, stumped me. I think there are good, solid answers, but you ask a $50 question, you need a $50 answer, and we don't have time for that right now. Um, Basically, I, I think the reason why there's some people that don't believe and some people that do is because there's a struggle, there's a thirst within our hearts for something more than this human experience, okay? I believe that's a thirst for God that only Jesus can quench, okay? But there's also a drive for human autonomy. Now, the atheist, uh, taking the Freudian liners, is going to say that we invented God by wishful thinking. We projected this father image, Okay? We worship the father image. Paul Vince, a psychologist, says Freud was wrong. It's atheists who want to kill the father image. So you got both camps saying, hey, you guys are neurotic and all. I think from the Christian standpoint, I would say we have a drive for human autonomy. We want to be our own gods. We want to be our own kings. But there's also a thirst for God. I think that's the essence of free will. He says that the second law of thermodynamics, we can go on forever and ever. Yeah. But in a state of equilibrium with totally useless energy, if that's all that atheism has to offer you, I mean that's not. I mean when all energy is all used up, I mean um, that's a lot to look forward to. Uh, I, I don't know. He, he, he talked about Hitler being a Christian. You need to research this. You need to research this a lot closer. It's a lot. Anybody, anybody, my mother's brother calls himself a Christian. But Jesus said, Not everyone who says to be Lord, Lord, runs to the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Which, by the way, is in the context of the passage, you shall know them by their fruits. Uh, but whatever the case, um, 1 Peter 3.15, Colossians 4, 5, and 6, 2 Corinthians 10, the Bible is filled with passages that tell Christians to use reason and to defend the Christian faith. I provided good evidence. Oh, but on the case of Hitler, um, he uh, he agreed with the Thule Society, with the German Volk religion, uh, with the Theosophical cult. They even got the swastika from Helena Blavatsky and the Theosophical cult. The, Hitler's religious views, he believed Jesus was not Jewish. He was the greatest Aryan male who ever lived. And he believed that mankind was spiritually evolving, so he was an evolutionist too, New Age evolutionist type thing. And they are going to bring about this New Age, but they got to get rid of all the non-Aryans, all the subhumans—that is not Christian, and it never was Christian. But one thing about Hitler, he was a good politician. And he knew that if he was going to try to deceive the people, he'd have to at least make them think he was coming from a respectable uh, position. And so he perverted the Christian faith. Uh, I gave good evidence for God's existence. The Big Bang model shows that space, matter, and time had a beginning. Therefore, the cause of the universe, since from nothing, nothing comes, the cause of the universe must be non-spatial, immaterial, non-temporal, and extremely powerful. A lot more power than nothing has. I argue from the continuing existence of the universe that the universe needs a totally independent being to sustain the existence of the universe. The design and order in the universe and irreducible complexity is like a mousetrap. Mouse uh, you take one part away, it doesn't function. Okay? And that's what Michael Behe is talking about. He's saying the irreducible complexity found on the molecular level is as complex as a spaceship. Okay? So Dawkins and these other characters that are out there trying to refute him, I, I think they better hold on to their seats. And by the way, Michael Behe is uh, a theistic evolutionist. So don't throw him in the uh, evangelical crazy camp with Phil Fernandez. Um <laughs> Uh, so the design and order in the universe shows the universe needs an intelligent designer. The reality of absolute moral laws. You heard it from his mouth that raping people is not universally absolutely wrong, but we kind of call it universally wrong. No, Look, either God and, and absolute morality or no God and no absolute morality. Either, and I'll close with this, either in the beginning God or in the beginning Nothing. That's the choice that we have to make. I think I've shown theism to be more reasonable than atheism in these separate areas, and uh, atheism looks at these separate areas and either says they're just there, admits they're there and says they're just there, moral absolutes are just there, or it tries to explain them away. Moral absolutes aren't really absolutes, and so rape, racism, and things of that sort are not really wrong. Thank you, and God bless you. Quick hands. Good. Had a good time. Had a good yeah, time. A great time. It was really very intellectually stimulating. Yeah, you're good, we're good talking. Speaking once again for the
1: Philosophy Club here at BCC, I really want to say thank you to Dan Barker and Bill Fernandes. You guys are respectful of the audience, and the audience, I think you guys deserve a hand, too, because you respectful for them. We have an issue here that I'm sure polarizes some people, but we've got some interesting ideas. Thank you very much for coming. Hello. Oh, sure.